How's everyone doing today? Welcome back to another episode of The Banker Next Door. I am your host, Dr. Joe Berquist. Today, I wanted to bring everybody a documentary review of a documentary from Netflix called BitCond, uh, which just came on Netflix a couple months ago. And I'm going to bring up my screen right here. So BitCon, this was a very interesting documentary uh, that was basically around a fraudulent cryptocurrency company that had, had come on the market in 2017 and basically kind of blew up, uh, I would say maybe by the end of 2019. But hang around for the end in the aftermath because you were just, you're not going to believe how this one ended. I mean, this is it was kind of a, a wild and a crazy story. And I, I really enjoyed the uh, the documentary, but we'll get into some of the the, the overview here. So uh, so this is a relatively new documentary from 2024, just came out a couple months ago, is uh, being screened right now currently on Netflix. It has an approximate runtime of one hour, 33 minutes. It was directed by Brian Storkel, and it tells the story of a crypto company called Centratech. And so Centratech was started in 2017 by a couple gentlemen, one named Ray Trapani and Sam Sorby Sharma. Uh, and they, they did this through what's called an initial coin offering, an ICO, as opposed to an initial public offering, an IPO. They did it through an initial coin offering, an ICO. Um, I.e., they basically they put up a website and asked people to donate their money. Uh, that should have been your first major red flag right there. And I'll, I'll go into that in just a second. So uh, one of the other characters that is involved in this is a gentleman named Nathaniel Popper, who was a New York Times investigative journalist. So some of the things that came up in here, did we have a fake CEO? Did we have fake LinkedIn profiles? Did we have a fake business? Um Somehow, amazingly, by just putting up a website, uh, these two gentlemen, Sorby and Ray, they were able to raise a few million dollars. I think it was between like two and three million dollars in a matter of weeks to basically get this started. And it, it, But it did start with uh, some initial seed money from from Ray's family. So. All right, so let's take a step back now and set the stage here. So Ray and Sorby, they were basically friends from high school, but they didn't like each other. They they were basically very different personalities. Um, they were both from New York, ended up migrating down to Miami, Florida. And they started this, uh, they started kind of a rental car company down there that rented exotic sports cars to very wealthy people like Lamborghinis, um, Aston Martins, Ferraris, Porsches, things of, things of that nature. Um, but let's take a step back for a second. Let's go back to to kind of you know Sorby. I think was was always kind of the the very smart kind of nerdy kid in high school who who wanted to be liked and tried to be liked and and but you know probably couldn't really get there. Um, whereas Ray, on the other hand, Ray is a, a very kind of like tall, good looking guy. Um, you know, was probably, I'm going to say was probably pretty popular in high school was, you know, probably had, you know, no problem getting a girlfriend and that kind of stuff. Um, but Ray was basically devoid of any kind of ethics or morals. I mean, I mean, none, zero, nothing. Uh, and, and he 
really comes off and even describes himself as a criminal and a and a scumbag. And I think I think that pretty much everybody in the documentary calls him a scumbag at one point or another as the story unfolds and moves along, which is pretty uh, which is pretty telling. So you had these two guys, different personalities, but knew each other. Uh, they decided to come together. They started to start this uh, rental car business in in Miami, Florida. Uh, things are not going that great. Uh, you know, coming kind of toward the end of 2016, they're having problems. You know, you know, Ray's family has invested money in this in this business. Um, you know, Ray is getting depressed because the, the business is about to blow up in his face because they have major spending problem. You know, he's got a spending problem. You know, Sorby's got a spending problem. Um, and these guys are living the high life. You know, they want, I'm assuming they're, you know, bought very expensive houses. You know, this guy's buying, you know, thousand, you know, multi thousand dollar suits. He's got a whole, probably got 50 of them. You know, he's got, you know, he's buying Rolex watches, buying all this, this stuff, you know, going on these really extravagant vacations, drugs everywhere, just doing drugs nonstop all the time. So obviously the, the spending, you know, and they were, they were actually making money with this business. I mean, they were, they were doing okay with this. It's just that they, they were not smart with their money. They spent money and just were out of control with it. So, so basically things were spiraling down. It looked like the business was going to fail because they couldn't get their spending under control. So Ray gets really depressed and basically tries to take his own life, uh, both pills, tries to overdose. It doesn't work. He wakes up. So he comes in, he, you know, the, the office a few days later tells uh, Sorby that, hey, I've had enough, can't do this no more. Uh, you know, we're just going to have to fail and throw in the towel. And then that's when Sorby says, hey, I got this great idea. We're going to start this cryptocurrency company. And of course, Ray is like, what's cryptocurrency? I have no idea what cryptocurrency, what is this, whatever. Now, they actually, I think they actually had a pretty good idea. So the, the idea was that they were going to create like a debit card and they could, you basically could use that debit card to spend your cryptocurrency, you know? So in other words, you could go to a Walmart or you could go into a restaurant or you could go anywhere and just use your debit card and you could pay and buy stuff, but that it would come out of your crypto, it would basically debit your crypto account, so to speak, just as like a regular, a typical bank account works right now. You know, you go in with a debit card, you debit something and the money gets withdrawn from your, your checking account. Um, and it was kind of the similar idea here. The problem lied in that these guys had no experience. They had no background in anything cryptocurrency. They, these, these were not educated guys. These were not uh, these were not guys that had like PhDs or anything like that. Uh, they did not come from the crypto world. They knew absolutely nothing about crypto. So they basically created a, a fake LinkedIn profiles uh, where they basically said, you know, they were Harvard educated and there were these brilliant young guys and they had started this business and everything like that. And um, then they basically, you know, they created a website and then, and then they needed to... <laughs> This is always hard to bet. So they needed a front person. They wanted to make an, an older, more experienced person their CEO. So they come up with this guy, Michael Edwards. And they put this guy, this guy's got his picture up there on the website. They, you know, they make this website. They put their, themselves on it and everything. Looks looks fantastic. Um, you know, they they get, you know, he you know, basically Ray goes back to his family and says, Hey, I need I need some more money. Will you guys give me some more money for this or whatever? So they say, sure, no problem, no problem. We'll give you some more money. Here you go. Uh, so now he's got the money in it. They're you know, family's invested in, he's got the website up, and it it takes a few weeks, but then all of a sudden, boom, they just one day they wake up and it's like shoo, 
they got they got two three million bucks to come rolling in and now all of a sudden it's like okay you know let's do it so they they go out they rent a really nice office they hire a bunch of employees they've got some they've got some coders they got some other people there and now they go out and they hire their cfo a gentleman named robert farkas now was he qualified for this job no absolutely not he had, had this guy was a literally a former stripper <laughs> <laughs> they made the CFO. He had no financial background whatsoever, um, which was probably intentional because anybody who who knew anything about finance would have come in and would have instantly known that this was all BS. So in other words, they had an interesting idea, but there was nothing there. There was no infrastructure. There was there, there was no way to possibly bring this to fruition. Like, you, you know, in other words, you, you know, you have to have an entire network and infrastructure set up in order to deliver a payment channel, a payment system where you would be able to debit. Like, in other words, say your crypto account was with Coinbase or, or was with Binance or FTX at the time. How, you know, these guys had to be able to link that debit card up to these various, they had to create a digital wallet. You would have to put, you know, your crypto into that wallet um, or be able to pull it out of these different venues and that, that means they would have had to sign all kinds of like partnership deals, other kind of things to to work with all these guys. Kind of, kind of like how Visa and MasterCard work. You know, when you think about Visa and MasterCard, how they have their payment networks, they work with all the banks. They create the, the they created the payment infrastructure to be able to deliver the whole credit card purchasing programs and everything else that they do. And so these guys had to do that same thing. And they they had none of that. They had none of that. I mean, there was just no possible way with a few million dollars that they were going to be able to deliver anything even remotely close to what they were promising here on this website. So, so now let's keep, let's keep rolling here. So, um, so now they're, they're growing, but people are starting to ask questions. People are starting to say like, Hey, like what's going on here. You had some, you had some crypto experts that are basically saying, Hey, what, what's happening here? How we, you know, this sounds like a great idea, but where's all the infrastructure? Where's your data centers? Where's all this other stuff? How, how are you guys able to uh, create the plumbing, so to speak, that will be able to deliver this, this product, this system. And, um, you know, and of course, they kind of beat around the bush with that with time and time again. They got caught in some some bad interviews where they just got kind of wrecked. But they um, but they were able to go out and they, they were able to actually procure some big time celebrity endorse, endorsements, including Floyd, Floyd Money Mayweather and DJ Khaled. Uh, and these guys endorsed the product and, and they were they were out there pushing it as as so many other celebrities were were pushing a lot of the. Um, you know, we're pushing a lot of the uh, endorsements, if you will, at the time with like FTX and a lot of these other companies. And if you certainly go back and look at my other episodes in the crypto series here, you'll you'll see that, you know, the, the whole FTX story is is very similar to this. Um, so now but now they get busted and they can't figure out what to do because all of these, uh, not actually all of these, a few journalists, they want to talk to the CEO. CEO is like, the, the, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, well, where's the CEO? We need to talk to the CEO. We need some comments from the CEO. And then <laughs> magically the CEO, they put out a press release that says that their CEO died in a car accident. And it, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. And, and then they announced the new CEO and a couple, so a couple of the in, in, in investors and people in, investigating the company, 
they go to look and they find out that the new CEO is actually Ray's grandfather. And Ray's grandfather is terminally ill. He's dying from cancer. It's kind of a horrible thing, but they, they make Ray's grandfather the CEO. And now people go start to investigate the, the CEO before that, this gentleman, Michael Edwards. Michael Edwards never existed. They literally took the picture of some professor from a university up in Toronto. It was Toronto, but it was Canada. It was in Canada, took his picture, created this whole fake profile. Uh, in, in the documentary, they actually go track this gentleman down. <laughs> He's like, yeah, don't know Michael Edwards, not me, whatever, you know, this and that. So it's like, I mean, it's just crazy like that they would do this. And then, and then they said he died in a car accident. Um, so now things are really getting dicey. It looks like this whole thing is gonna is gonna collapse in on itself. You got all these people asking questions. These you know things aren't going well. So they get a call out of the blue, and some company from South Korea now wants to invest, and they they are like willing to give them millions of dollars. So Sorby jumps on a plane, flies out to South Korea. They work with their back-end tech guys to try to create a fake system that will allow that will simply allow Sorby to do a demonstration while he's there. So he goes and buys something. So they literally just hook this debit card up to a bank account. They try to do it, but then the whole thing blows up and it doesn't it doesn't work. They think that Sorby got in trouble, possibly killed by whoever these people are that he's dealing with in South Korea. And but a couple hours later, he basically says, hey, look, it didn't work, but no worries. They're going to invest with us anyway. That that should tell you a lot of something. And again, going back to the episodes I did on FTX, you'll understand that there was a tremendous amount of money laundering and illicit activities that was going on coming from the Asian world, uh, all over the Asian world, Singapore, South Korea, um, you know, Vietnam, Japan, China. It was coming from everywhere. Uh, so but they could, uh, you know, so again, but they, they couldn't get the product to work, but they, the South Koreans decided to invest anyway. So now, and this, this is, this might be one of the best parts of this whole thing. So they, they hire this guy to be their in-house counsel. He starts saying, well, who's the law firm that you guys have been using for the last couple of years? And they say, oh, it's this guy over here. And he says, okay, this law firm. So so the, the new in-house counsel goes to look up this lawyer and he comes back and he says, guys, I have a problem. I cannot find this guy's bar license in the state of Florida. And they're like, what? What?" So they go and look in. It turns out that the lawyer that they had been using for the last two years was not a lawyer at all. It was some kid, <laughs> some college kid in his dorm room who had created a fake website and then, <laughs> then had had basically taken these guys to the cleaners. And it's just, it's just comical that the guys who created this fake business ended up getting gained by this, this kid who created a fake law firm who was working out of his dorm room. So you can't make this up. It's incredible. So now um, if we get back to the New York times, uh, Nathaniel, the New York times, uh, you know, a journalist, he, so his article comes out and it just like it hits like a ton of bricks. And now uh, Ray, know, Ray knows that things are about to hit the fan. So he goes into Sorby and basically asks for 500 grand so that he could pay back his family members. Sorby says no. So these guys get in a huge fight and basically have a falling out. Ray says he quits. So Ray just starts cashing out, just starts sucking millions of dollars out of the business and just goes on this 
uh, bender where he's just out gambling all day, every day, spending money like crazy, whatever. And then finally, the SEC and the feds come in, they raid the office, they arrest Sorby, they take him out. Sorby calls Ray and says, hey, I got arrested. They're coming to get you. Uh, Ray goes, it was at a casino. He goes back to his house. He now gets arrested and Centrek implodes. And so he gets, so Ray's arrested, Sorby's arrested, Robert's arrested. The three main guys are all arrested. This has all been a big hoax or whatever. It's now, it's, it's hit the press. It's all over the place. Um, so now before I get to my aftermath, so I give this, I, so I basically, I give BitCon four stars out of five. I thought it was really good. I thought it was, was very well um, put together. The production quality was strong. Um, the story was great. Uh, but my, but my blood absolutely boiled at the end. And, and here's, here's why. So let's get to the aftermath. What happened to everybody here? Okay. So what happened to Ray, Sorby, and Robert? Well, Sorby ended up pleading guilty to conspiring to commit securities fraud, wire fraud, and mail fraud, and was sentenced to eight years in prison. And he's still in there serving his eight years right now. Robert pled guilty to conspiring to commit securities frauds and wire fraud. He served one year in prison and he's already out. He's already been released. Ray cooperated with the feds and pleaded guilty to 10 counts, including securities fraud, wire fraud, and was sentenced. Wait for it. I know you're all sitting here going, yeah, he got, he probably got 30 years in jail, right? No, he got zero time in jail. He was sentenced to time served and he was let go. Like, I mean, just, I, I can't even believe it. I mean, I was literally just flabbergasted at the end. I, I couldn't believe it. I was in, I was in total shock and disbelief that this guy had committed this absolutely blatant, blatant fraud, had committed a myriad of, of illegal activity and had screwed probably dozens, if not hundreds of investors. And he gets no jail time? None. And I even felt that Sorby with his eight years and Robert with his one year, they got off easy. They got off easy. How, I mean, how, how do they only get, how do you only get eight years for perpetrating a crime like this? How do you only get a year for perpetrating? I mean, basically what was Robert's, uh, what was his excuse at trial? Like I, I, I'm a moron. I didn't know anything. So therefore you can't, you can't convict me. Like I, you know, um, and then some of the other things that happened. So Floyd Mayweather and DJ Khaled, they were forced to pay back the money they received but where did that money go? Uh, who, who took that money? Where'd it go? The, none of the, the investors didn't get it back. So and so basically at the time of this documentary, you'll see at the end, uh, Ray was ba basically, you know, Ray got married, had a couple kids, and he was getting into move into his new undoubtedly multi-million dollar house. Uh, where did he get the money for all that? And then and I was left, you're left at the end with a lot of questions. You know, what happened to the money that was owed to Ray's family? Did they get paid back? All of his family members seem very happy at the end. Uh, none of them have anything bad to say. As a matter of fact, his mom or his, his, his aunt or whoever it was is uh, is basically saying like, you know, don't you make him look like a scumbag in this documentary. He's a good person and blah, 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 even though he screwed investors out of $2.9 million. Uh, but hey, that's, that's cool. Uh, now he was ordered, Ray was ordered to pay back to investors $2.9 million. But no one has received any money as of this point. Um, who were the investors from South Korea? Who were these people? Like who were like they, they didn't mention they don't mention a company. They don't mention 
anything uh you know so they but they these this south korean company effectively invested up to i don't know for, you know three four five million dollars in this business so where did all that money go uh who were these people what you know so and what what happened here i mean something happened here that that really really stinks and i don't understand what that was at the end of the day um and the, just the fact that he got off, it just made my blood boil. Now, I want to get back to one thing real quick before we end this. Um, so he, they created a website and they just started raising money and they said they did it through an ICO, an initial coin offering. Well, um, if I was going to go start a bank today, what's called a startup bank, which is also known as a de novo bank. If I was going to start a de novo, um, say I wanted to raise 30 million bucks. Uh, there are a myriad of securities laws, securities, uh, I believe it's under subsection D, I think if I'm saying that right, of the securities laws. Um, so if I wanted to go raise $30 million to start a bank, I have to put together a prospectus. I can only market that to what's called accredited investors. Uh, you know, I have to do it and you have to be very, very careful about who you invite to hear your pitch, your proposal the documents that you give to them, they have to sign it. You have to vet these people. Um, th there's a whole list of things that you have to follow if you're going to raise money to start a bank. Um, or even if you're going to go to start any number of type of businesses out there in the world. So just the fact that these guys raised money on a website. So, so what I'm trying to say is if you're looking at something, you come across the website and somebody's asking you to just hand the money. Um, if there's no prospectus, there's nothing there that would say, call this investment banker, talk to this person, get vetted. We need to make sure an accredited investor. If you don't see anything like that, odds are it, it ain't it ain't legit. It ain't on the up and up and you should absolutely stay away from it. Just stay away from it. Just don't don't go anywhere near it. You know, there. And he so he violated all of those securities laws, him and Sorbet right from the very beginning, right from the word jump. They violated all kinds of laws and regulations and, and everything else. And it's like and they didn't they didn't get nailed for any of this stuff. Like, it's just I mean, it's just mind blowing. And now this guy Ray's out there, started another company, did this, that, the other thing. Like, it's just it's just crazy. <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, and um, at the end of the documentary, they basically say that like of this huge what I think it was like forty nine billion dollars that was invested into crypto companies cryptocurrencies, different things uh, during that period of, say, 2014 to, to, to 2021, 80% of it was fraud. 80% of it was fraudulent, meaning that, that the vast majority of people who had invested money into Bitcoin and all these other things, FTX, everything else, they got, they got screwed. They got, they got shafted. Um, so, so yeah, so that's the story on this one. So, <laughs> so I hope uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this. I, I found again it was it was a good documentary. It was very entertaining, uh, fun to watch. So I hope everyone will go check it out. And this is uh, part five in the crypto series, and I'll, I'm going to have a few more of these uh, coming out. A couple other uh, crypto documentaries and things I want to review, and then some updates, some other information I want to bring to everybody in the, over probably the next uh, couple weeks or so. So. Um, so like I said, it, but, but, you know, hopefully you'll, you'll like this video. If you did like it, make sure to, to give a big thumbs up, make sure to, to share and subscribe to the channel. That always helps. And uh, I hope to see everybody again real soon. Uh, you know, definitely some other episodes and things coming out here in the next day or so. 
and uh, make sure to check those out. But I uh, hope everybody has a great week and I'll be back real soon. Thanks a lot. <laughs>